0: Hey everyone, it's Susan Pierce Thompson, and welcome to the weekly vlog. <sighs> um, yeah, I think this is going to be one of those long emotional ones, so if you don't like those ones, you might want to not watch this. Um, I'm recording this on Wednesday, and I don't always record the vlog on Wednesday. Sometimes I'm smart, and I record them in advance. Uh, and when I don't, and I save the vlog for Wednesday, then uh, I guess what I'm learning is that that means i need to rock and roll with whatever shows up on wednesday and uh be ready to get in front of the camera so um yeah uh you know i'm as you know i'm i'm pretty vul- vulnerable and like candid and open in vlogs and um i've talked with my dear friend sage levine who um you know also puts out a video blog and has a big tribe of women that she, um, you know, she's into her, her, her stuff is about, you know, women rocking business. And, um, and I've asked her, you know, do you think I'm too vulnerable? And she says, it's fine to be vulnerable. You just, um, you need to make sure that like, if you're sharing, uh, the deep water that you're not still up to your neck in it. Like you need to make sure that it's receded and it's down to your knees so that they can still feel a little bit of the emotion, but like you've processed it and, um, you're good now. (laughs) And, um she says you don't want them to feel swept away with you, you know, um, you need to be able to hold them in the space of what you're conveying to them and share the lesson. And um, usually I can do that. Usually I come to you with stuff that I've kind of mostly processed and I bring it just raw enough, you know, but um, today is not one of those days. Today I saved the vlog till Wednesday and uh, and today showed up pretty intense, pretty intense. And uh, this morning I was um, on the floor crying. Uh, not how I start every day, but it's how I started today. And uh, my husband and I had gotten into a fight. And um, and uh, he'd said and done something that really upset me. And I, uh, you know, played my own part in that and provoked it, for sure. As anyone who's married knows, you know, it's always a two-way street. And um, there is a point to all this. <laughs> I promise I will bring this around to Bright Line Eating. Um you may be aware, because uh, I published the vlog on it last week, that the book came out and uh, we were waiting last Wednesday. I recorded the vlog on Wednesday, last Wednesday too, and uh, we were waiting to see if the book would hit the New York Times bestseller list, and uh, this uh, this little baby right here, uh, now I'm all off-center. This jacket is bad to wear on camera, because it's always off-center. Anyway, this book um, hit. It hit the New York Times bestseller list. It's number five this week on the New York Times bestseller list. And um, that was like, you know, one of my, I, I don't know if it was a lifelong goal. I mean, I, I don't know that I ever thought of writing a book until actually not that long ago. But um, certainly once I had the idea to write a book, I was kind of hoping that it would hit the New York Times bestseller list. And, and it did. And um, thank you for that because you made that happen. Um, all your support and all your love and all your cheering and the books that you bought and uh, telling your friends and um, I hope you've gotten your copy I hope you've read it I hope you're enjoying it Um, and so I was driving down the road I think this was like day before yesterday and um, I was stressing about something maybe that the Department of Labor is coming to audit us it's like a random thing but you know, that's scary, right? Audits. And uh, I don't remember what else. Just all kinds of stuff was coming up. And um, and I was thinking about how it had been five days since the book hit the bestseller list and I wasn't feeling happy. And uh, I mean, of course, when the book hit the list, I was super happy. I was elated. I mean, I was just, it was bliss, right? Um, and I was reflecting about how it was five days later and I wasn't feeling happy. and um, it was reminding me of, um, a lesson that I used to teach in my positive psychology class in college. Uh, I taught a course on positive psychology, sometimes not so skillfully known as the psychology of happiness, but there is a lot of psychology of happiness in it for sure. And one of the things that, uh, I would teach my students, one of the primary lessons in the psychology of happiness is that, uh, circumstances don't really make us happy. And it's, It's shocking actually how fleeting external circumstances are to our general well-being. And there's this famous study that was published about paraplegics and lottery winners. You might have heard this. They studied people a few months after they won a big lottery jackpot, and they studied people a few months after they'd been in an accident that had left them quadriplegic. And uh, there was, you know, not as big a difference as you might have imagined in their happiness levels. Just a few months later, we're talking like six months later. And um, as a matter of fact, the quadriplegics um, rated more genuine happiness in little things like, you know, a good cup of coffee or reading a good magazine article or having lunch with a friend and, um, and had greater anticipation of happiness in the future. Like they had more hope for their future. Than did people who just won a huge lottery, and uh, it's kind of interesting. Like these these findings were published a while ago, and um, there's been more research following this up on professors getting tenure or not getting tenure, and and what a big deal that is in their lives, and how quickly they're back to their baseline level of happiness. And the bottom line of all this research is no what no matter what happens to you, in really short order, you're back to your baseline level of happiness. Like no matter what awful thing, no matter what good thing, like it's. Kind of shocking. Uh, We call it the hedonic treadmill. This idea that your circumstances can improve, your salary can double, um, you know, all kinds of good things can happen to you and in just a matter of weeks or months you're back to your baseline level of happiness. You're on this treadmill that no matter what good comes your way you're gonna basically just end up in the same spot. No matter what bad comes your way you're gonna end up in the same spot. And so um, two days ago I was driving down the road and I was thinking about this. I was like, I'm pretty much the same. I mean, I'm a New York Times bestselling author and that feels great, don't get me wrong. But um, it it was reminding me of what does and doesn't actually make us happier. And it was reminding me of that lesson from positive psychology. And um, hmm. so what I know about um, happiness, from my Bright Line Eating journey, is that Bright Line Eating does make me happier. But I wanna explain that it's not the way you might think. Um, I spent my teenage years heavy. And now that I look back at pictures, actually my childhood heavy, I never thought that I was a heavy kid and I was just looking at pictures of me when I was seven and eight years old and I was heavy. I didn't, I didn't feel like a fat kid but, and I wasn't obese, but I was heavy when I was eight. And um when I was 13, when I was 14, when I was 15, when I was 16, I would look at girls that had just the, the just the little live little figure, you know, just thin. And I thought that they were living in some kind of magical world. Can you relate to that? That thin people just have it perfect. I remember thinking that way. I really did. And I don't know what if a if a you know, a devil of a fairy godmother had shown up right then and said, Hey, you want to be thin, you know, I'll wave a magic wand. Give me your brain. Give me, you know, give me your soul. Give me your whatever. I don't know what I would have traded to be in a thin body at that time. I mean I do know that at the age of seventeen I was willing to do crystal meth on a daily basis to stay thin, to get thin and stay thin. And that lasted for you know, just long enough to make me crazy. Um, so yeah, I was willing to trade a lot to be thin. And when I got thin, there was a there was a pretty it was a pretty heady thing. I mean, I I again, I was I was snorting speed up my nose. So you know, I, I didn't get there healthfully, and I didn't get there by taking good care of my body, and I didn't get there by eating healthy food. Um, I got there by eating nothing and snorting white powder up my nose. And there I was thin, and I felt powerful, and I felt. Um, I felt attractive and I felt elated. And I mean, speed makes you feel that way anyway. <laughs> if you've ever done math, it's, it's a head job for sure. And, um, and I, I guess, I don't know, was that happiness? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I work with so many people who just want to be thin. They just want to be thin and they're just striving to get to goal weight. I'm at goal weight. I was crying on the floor this morning. And um, I am a thin person living life on life's terms. And bright line eating does make me happier, but it's not because I'm thin. Like, I'm looking at this body and, you know, just stressed out about whether my jacket is (laughs) (laughs) off-center because I'll watch the video afterwards and it'll annoy me if it is. You know, I'm looking down at my body and I'm like, yeah, it's nice. It's nice to be thin. It is. And it's not what makes me happy it's really not and you when you get to goal weight you will find that you still have life on life's terms you still got the same kids you still got the same spouse you still got the same career you still got the same character flaws you still got the same hopes and aspirations like it's all it's all the same stuff really now you're in a thin body there's a little bit of loss of an unmoored feeling from losing the lifelong striving to get thin. You probably aren't factoring that in, of like what a doozy it is to have that gone. Uh, That takes some adjusting, for sure. So, why am I helping people get thin? Like really, what's the point of that? Um, It's nice to have, and it's certainly nice to not be unhealthy. But what I wanna share is the other piece of what we teach in positive psychology, what I used to teach in positive psychology, which is that there are things that actually make us happier. There are, for sure. (laughs) For me, Prince music is one of them. After I got up off the floor this morning, I took a shower and I put on some Prince music. And the first song, I don't know you ever do this music therapy where just the right song comes on the radio at the right time. The first song that came on was this song called Sometimes It Snows in April. And it's like the saddest song ever. It's a song that Prince sings to a friend who died. And, um, and I was like, well, that's fitting. And then, um, and then came Erotic City and then came Lady Cab Driver. This is out of, this is like random shuffle out of thousands and thousands of songs. If you're a Die Hard Prince fan, you understand that, uh, those are some of the best songs ever. So I was feeling pretty good at that point. And, um, so music therapy makes us happier. There actually is some research on that, but that's apropos of nothing. What what we do in Bright Line Eating that makes us happier is we change the way we eat. Stopping eating sugar and flour and starting to eat massive quantities of vegetables is actually one of the things that research shows really does actually make you happier. There's just brain chemistry involved in that. There's body chemistry and there's brain chemistry. It's got to do with omega-6 and omega-3 fatty acids, you might not understand how stopping eating sugar and flour would have anything to do with your omega fatty acids, but it does because when you stop eating packaged cookies and crackers and all that Crap, all of a sudden your vegetable oil consumption comes way down and you're not eating all that partially hydrogenated soybean oil that's in all that packaged junk anymore. And instead of 20 to 25% calori- of your daily calories coming from vegetable oil, all of a sudden it's not. And all of a sudden your brain starts to heal because it's not saddled with, you know, 25 times more omega 6s than omega 3s. I know I'm probably some of you are kind of like going, what's she talking about? But research shows that seriously makes you happier and all the phytonutrients and phytochemicals and stuff that that are in all those fruits and vegetables start to make you happier changing your diet the way we do in Brightline Eating is one of the things that really does make you happier so I put my food on the scale this morning and I weighed out my one ounce of oats and I weighed out my six ounces of organic unsweetened vanilla soy yogurt homemade by me and I weighed out my half ounce of ground flax seeds and my six ounces of blueberries and blackberries and it was so delicious. And then at lunch I had my four ounces of chicken and my six ounces of baby bok choy and grilled, veg- grilled uh onions and peppers and my one tablespoon of extra virgin olive oil and my apple, my six ounces of apple. <sighs> and I nourish myself with my food. And I'm gonna have a delicious dinner tonight. And those actions will make me happier. Like that's, take it to the bank. And I meditated for 30 minutes this morning. And starting a daily meditation practice is another thing. Take that one to the bank, that's gonna make you happier. One of my favorite sayings that I used to teach my students is, happiness is a byproduct of right living. And I kinda feel like that's a little judgy, like, I don't know, right living, you know what I mean? But I'm like, you know, there are certain things You know, like going to bed at night and getting up in the morning. (laughs) That sounds really trivial, right? I used to have a hard time doing that. I used to go to bed at 4 a.m. and wake up at 2 in the afternoon when I was depressed because of the food I was putting in my mouth. Yeah, like I didn't go to bed at night and get up in the morning. Going to bed at night, getting up in the morning, making your bed, eating healthy, delicious, nutritious food, meditating every morning, and having work that's meaningful, being married, those are some of the things. Having a faith or a religion, these things actually, those few things that I just mentioned, actually do significantly increase your happiness, research shows. Happiness is a byproduct of right living. its um, We might think that we're going to be happy when we get to goal weight. I was just